4: I'm ready. Here he comes, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, here on News Talk 830 WCCO on the Lake Show. Matthew Collar, how you been?
0: Oh, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I, uh, battled my way through everybody's Dan Campbell fourth down opinions. Hopefully we're done with all that and we can move on to, uh, the Super Bowl. But, you know, it should be a good matchup. I'm, I'm ready. I'm headed to, uh, radio row for a couple days at the Super Bowl next week that should be fun
4: wait wait so what is your official opinion on on Dan Campbell I'm sorry you got I, now you I mean that's a nice tease I, I didn't I didn't hear what your opinion was on it
0: well I mean to me it's just a classic re-engineering opinions after we know the results um, you know it's like there it was a decision that Dan Campbell made all year long yep. to get his team to the NFC championships and also by the numbers, was one of the most valuable coaches in terms of decision-making all year long. It's a decision that probably 28 out of 32 coaches make, considering how bad their kicker was. And it's become extremely commonplace in the league. We saw it multiple times in the early game with Kansas City going for it on fourth down. Uh, and, but what I do know is that uh, when there's a chance to you know, kind of go back and say, oh, I knew it, I knew it, well, if you knew that Jameer Gibbs was going to fumble or there was going to be a ball that bounced off the guy's head or that uh, Josh Reynolds was going to drop two passes, including the one on fourth down, well, then you know more than me about football, I guess. But, you know, to me, that was it, it. Was an easy decision to make once you found out that the kicker was horrendous. If the kicker was Adam Vinatieri, I would have been like, okay, maybe you should take the points. But there was no taking the points. It was only like from that distance with that kicker, like a coin flip. I'd rather take the fourth down coin flip where if you get the first down you have a chance to put the game completely away, but they let it slip and uh you know, it turned into kind of a weird weird debate where a lot of people got angry and yelled on TV.
4: Agree with you 100%. Totally agree with you. Same take that I had. I just, you know, it's 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 the it's the hindsight 2020 like do do what One thing I love about Dan Campbell is that he is who he is in terms of like this is his identity, and he wasn't going to shift. And you're 100 percent correct. Like, Reynolds got to catch that damn football. How does he know that Gibbs is going to fumble? I mean, that's just. I think it's insane that people got that that uh, all fired up about Dan Campbell. But so was life. All right, so so let let's get into the 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 matchup of the Niners versus the Chiefs rematch from a couple of years ago, not necessarily a rematch. It's a rematch in terms of the organizations and teams, uh, but but the teams are different, different uh, starting quarterback for the Niners. But when the, 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 the conference championship games were done and you saw who we were going to have as a matchup, what was the first thing that popped into your mind?
0: Well, in one way, I was a little disappointed uh, because I thought, you know, Detroit against Baltimore would have been a lot of fun. I mean, two teams... Uh, I mean, Baltimore has a Super Bowl, but it was a you know it was a while ago. We're talking a decade ago with Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson has dealt with a lot of BS uh, over the years of uh, criticisms for him about the playoffs or whatever else. And it was unfortunate because he set them up to score a touchdown, and their receiver could not help himself but reach out over the goal line. Who knows how it plays out otherwise? Uh, and on the other side, I mean, the, the Lions are right there. It's such a heartbreaking way to lose it for a, an organization, a franchise, that has been through so much. And I, I saw some Vikings fans being like, good, screw the Lions. You're like, what? You, like, you're like, you in the same boat as them. The Agreed. Chargers, the Bills, the Browns, That's the Chris Lions.
4: Tupps. That's Chris Tubbs. That's yeah. Chris Tubbs. He was doing
0: that. I mean... All, all the all the teams that have gone through really terrible things for many years, we should all be rooting for them over like San Francisco's always in the NFC Championship. My whole life, whether it was Joe Montana or Steve Young, you know, I mean, they've, they've always been there. So, uh, you know, I, I, I thought this would be a really interesting matchup if we got teams that haven't necessarily been there. But here we are. Uh, anyway, I mean, it's a great matchup, though. It's a great, uh, it's all sorts of stupid amounts of talent. I mean, there's like seven All-Pros on San Francisco, a guy who's making his case for being the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. I mean, uh, it's – yeah, I mean, we know it's got a chance to be an all-time classic like last year was uh, with Philadelphia and Kansas City. It's just I think I was a little – I was a little disappointed the way that it went for the Lions because I thought that that team was kind of fun and 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 unique and special with what that franchise went through for so many years.
4: Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I I I, I could see it, and I was actually rooting for Detroit. I know Tubbsy was like, no, no, no. How, why are we going Why do we want them to get back to a, or get to a Super Bowl? Uh, and we we haven't been to a Super Bowl in forever. I'm like, dude, I don't I don't look at it like that, man. I, I root for for those that have had um a, la- a lack of success. Uh, if you will. Uh, we're talking to Matthew Collins from the Purple Insider here on the Lake Show on News Talk, 830-WCCO. Uh, what's your, your take on Brock Purdy? Because it seems like he's kind of a polarizing guy. Some people think that he's just a game manager and it's just because of the pieces that he has. And then there are a lot of other people out there that, on the opposite side, they're like, no, hold on, man. You, th- this guy, w- when he needs to make plays, he makes plays. He's very accurate. Uh, he's a smart quarterback. Y- your thoughts on Purdy?
0: One thing that's hard to figure out is uh, what people who are creating these debates like actually think and what they know will get them a lot of attention. And the same thing goes for the fourth down stuff. Like, Do you really have an argument against what Dan Campbell did or are you just yelling because you know it'll get people riled up? I feel like the same thing with Brock Purdy, where one of the very common things, and look, Tom Brady would probably tell you that he dealt with this early in his career because he wasn't a first-round pick. Uh, It was, uh, oh, Brady's just a product of their defense and whatever else. And what I would say is that if he wins a ring, uh, he doesn't have to apologize or give it back because you don't think he's good enough. Um, And, you know, I think that uh, he's already, I mean, he gets to the Super Bowl and still has people being like, well, you know, the lions gave it away or, well, you know, the Packers, I mean, the man has uh, led a team to an NFC championship in a Super Bowl in his first two years, and if you didn't know he was drafted in the seventh round, if no one told you that, which makes no freaking difference, by the way. But once you're playing, everyone will tell you this, the entire NFL. Once you're in the NFL, no one talks about it. No one cares. They don't care if you're a seventh round, undrafted, whatever. It's what you can do. So if there was a first-round draft pick who took his team to the NFC championship and then the Super Bowl in his first two years, we'd be like, oh, no, the NFC has its Mahomes. And instead, because he's not the biggest guy or whatever, which by the way has that been a prerequisite for success historically? No. Was Kurt Warner? Was Kurt Warner or Tom Brady the biggest, fastest? Remember Tom Brady's combine where he was like in this big giant shirt and he ran like a five nine or something forty yard dash? I mean, that's not what playing quarterback hey, is.
4: Hey, and
0: hey. I also think it's just funny because. Like, is Brock Purdy supposed to apologize for throwing to an open wide receiver? Oh, I'm sorry. I should have thrown it to someone covered instead because you'd be more impressed. I mean, look, I don't know if he'll do it for 20 years and end up in the Hall of Fame or not, but I know it's good enough to put together an MVP performance and bring a team to the Super Bowl, and I cover a team that hasn't been to the Super Bowl since the 70s, so I'm just going to go ahead and respect
4: it. You're 100% right because let's be honest, Matthew, and I'm sure that J-Lo probably agrees with this, if this was Trey Lance in this position, everybody will be talking differently about this. They'd be like, Trey Lance, oh, he's one of the faces of the, of the league. It, because of the being in the top three of the NFL draft. So, yes, you're 100% right, Matthew. The draft position is, is what is skewing everybody's thought process on this.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And, I mean, look, it, he has some shortcomings to his game. But there's only one guy that I know in the whole league who has no shortcomings to his game, and he's playing for the other team. Every other quarterback, Josh Allen gets wild sometimes and throws it to the other team. I mean, Lamar Jackson, right, when his team doesn't have a running game for him to build the pass game off of, he was not quite the same uh, when he was facing Steve Spagnuolo's defense. There's a, every, every quarterback has some weakness. So uh, Brock Purdy is not the biggest dude. He doesn't have the strongest arm. But I think that your ability to operate an offense, watch their offense before the snap. Like finding an open wide receiver is also sometimes creating an open wide receiver. And the other thing is too, and this is something that the Vikings have been missing for six years. So every time I see it, I point at the television like that DiCaprio meme. I'm like a 20 yard run for Brock Purdy on a third down. Just goes forgotten because everyone wanted to debate the lions. But this guy made two huge plays with his legs. He's not the fastest guy, but he's pretty quick. He can really scoot when somebody's chasing after him. And his ability to make plays off schedule, people talk about it like he's just this game manager and that gets thrown out there, and I don't see that at all. I mean, uh, my friend Sage Rosenfels, who played quarterback in the league, uh, he kind of compared him to Doug Flutie a little bit, like a, a smaller guy who can run around and make plays. And I could totally see that. So, you know, I think that that gives them an edge that when things break down, they also have a, a playmaker here. And like you said, I mean, if he was a higher draft pick, even a second rounder, like Jalen Hurts, no one had problems declaring Jalen Hurts a great quarterback. He wasn't a first round pick. I, I, don't, I just don't really get it.
4: I wanted, I wanted to chime in real quick here because you actually mentioned a connection uh, when you brought up Sage Rosenfels and Brock Purdy. They're both Iowa State quarterbacks. I am an Iowa State alum and so I've known Brock Purdy and seen him play through his collegiate career. Brock Purdy led Iowa State to the Fiesta Bowl. The last time anybody led Iowa State to a Fiesta Bowl, a Rose Bowl, a Cotton Bowl, an Orange Bowl, a Sugar Bowl, was never. So if, I, if Brock Purdy can lead Iowa State to the Fiesta Bowl, he sure as sugar can lead a team in the NFL to the, to the Super Bowl.
0: Uh, By the way, I don't know if you knew this, but Sage actually trained Brock Purdy before uh, the senior bowl when he was coming out. So he was, and and this is a, this is actually a funny aside about the Vikings, Henry, is that uh, with, with Brock Purdy, um, he, what Sage told me is that when he came out of college, he had no idea how to read NFL defenses because no college quarterback does. And now I'm seeing that that's like the biggest criticism of Bo Nix. And I kind of think it's funny because no college quarterback coming out to the NFL has any idea how to read defenses. It's all about how they learn it when they get there. So I give Brock Purdy a ton of credit uh, for the way he's done that.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
4: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Hey, real quick, let me ask you this: um, Are you going to the combine?
3: Oh yeah,
0: wouldn't miss it.
4: Okay, we'll have to talk because I think I might be there too. There, there's a there's a, a a cornerback that I'm that I've got a connection to that uh, I think is going to be in, in Indianapolis. So we'll we'll yeah we'll be in touch about that. All right, but the uh, all right. So real quick, uh, I guess the final thing is how do you how do you operate through this week? I mean we we have we have all of the endless speculation over the course of a week and then you've got the actual uh, Super Bowl, you know, week coming up next week. But do you get excited at all for any of the other stuff that happens?
0: Uh, I am excited for the Senior Bowl on Saturday. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to be doing a post-game podcast breaking down the Senior Bowl because that's where we're at. You know what's funny about What
4: about this the week? East-West Rhine? Uh, I'm,
0: I might check in on it, but there's no quarterback that the Vikings might pick in that game, so probably less so. I mean, it's a, it's a great bowl game, but we've got Pennix and Nicks playing in the Senior Bowl, so we'll break that, uh, that down. What I've really noticed, though, Henry, it's interesting, is my numbers uh, as far as YouTube, podcast downloads, reads on my articles and stuff, have shot up since the end of the season. And I feel like... It's just there's just so much frustration and boredom with this fan base over what they've seen over the last six years that they just cannot stop wanting to talk about new quarterbacks, like what they can do, who could be next, what's going to happen next. And it's made for a ton of really interesting discussion. So while the rest of the world is bored waiting for the Super Bowl, I'm kind of over here having my own little quarterback party every night, you know, doing my (laughs) show. So
4: it's actually been kind of fun. All right, so hold on. What day are you heading out to, uh, to Vegas?
0: Uh, I'm going to leave Sunday night and stay through uh, Wednesday. I'm doing a bunch of radio hits, book promotion actually out at uh, Radio Row. Okay,
4: all right. I was curious as to if that was going to uh, affect uh, you joining us next Thursday.
0: Oh, I'll be here. I okay. would nothing, nothing would affect that, Henry. All
4: right. Sounds good. All right, that's Matthew Collar. Check him out, Purple Insider, joining us here on The Lake Show.